Wednesday, August 22nd, 2018. This is Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson. Took a couple weeks off to regroup, organize, and sort of plan for the future. I'm hoping to uh, add a segment in the during the week to this, uh, uh, or maybe at least a couple times a month to feature some other productions that are going on uh, around VA. Uh, possibly going to include a segment that will be spotlighting a uh, the Veteran Legacy Program out of the National Cemetery Administration and just some other ideas that we've been having to produce more content that we can put into this podcast feed and make you, our audience, more aware of what's going on here at the Department of Veterans Affairs and inside of our three administrations, the Health Administration, the Benefits Administration, and the National Cemetery Administration. Last week, our last week, Explore VA did a Facebook Live event on life insurance. That video can be found at the Blue Star Families Facebook page. Uh, I believe it was on Thursday. So you're going to want to check for the video on August 16 on the Blue Star Families Facebook page. Uh, really good Facebook Live event that they did talking about life insurance and eligibility. Uh, I think you'd be surprised to know that you're uh, eligible for some sort of um, of life insurance depending on your situation. So uh, do check that out. This week's interview is with a gentleman who will be going by the name P.D. Ace. Uh, It's more of a stage name. Him and I were connected years ago back when I was doing the Veteran Empire podcast. He was a guest that I had on that show. We were talking about uh, music and whatnot. He reached out to me. Uh, he reached out to me recently, and and I and I invited him to come on Born the Battle. We learn about his time in the military. We learn about uh, his uh, his music. We learn about a, a group of veterans that he's a part of now that are that are helping uh, sort of provide camaraderie and empathy to other veterans. And we talk about fatherhood and, and a number of other things. So, uh, really interesting interview here with uh, hip hop artist and Marine veteran PD Ace. Enjoy. There are nearly 2 million women veterans who served and deserve the best care anywhere. VA is dedicated to meeting the unique needs of all women veterans. VA offers comprehensive primary care and women's health specialty care. Women veterans who are interested in receiving care at VA should call the Women Veterans Call Center at 855-VA-WOMEN or contact the nearest VA Medical Center and ask for the Women Veterans Program Manager. Visit www.va.gov slash womenvet. Mr. PDA, sir, we go back to uh, back to the days of Veteran Empire. It seems like so long ago, uh, back when I was yeah. doing that podcast, and it's it's so good to to come back around and, and talk to you again. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, I think the last time we spoke, I was uh, up in San Francisco. Now I'm living down here in LA. Okay, how's LA? Uh, just how it sounds. Busy uh, <laughs> running. <again. laughs> My job keeps me busy. Yeah, but, uh, everybody on cloud nine because LeBron's coming to town. Oh yeah, I was losing my mind when I got news of that. Uh, I've been a huge LeBron fan since uh, since he came. Well, since he went back to Cleveland, that was when I kind of jumped on the LeBron train, uh, and then I've just been a fan of him ever since. And then so for him to come here, I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, sir. We are going to start this where we start all our interviews, and that's going back to your decision to join. 
the United States military. Bring us back to that decision for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was uh, I was 16, and um, I had just met my great grandfather. I want to say a year before that. I was about 15, um, and he was in the Marine Corps. He joined when he was 14 years old, uh, and he fought in World War II. Uh, he turned 17 uh, in Saigon, um, and he just had a lot of a lot of stories that he told my brother and I, and it really, I mean, I just feel like that was just a turning point. That was just when it was all set in stone that I knew that that's what I was going to want to do as well. Uh, so when I graduated, I uh, spent my 17th birthday uh, swearing in at Mets, <laughs> and then a month later, I was at boot camp. Uh, and what was your, what was your occupation? Uh, I was a rifleman in 0311. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> Dumb grunt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you said it, not me. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, loved it though. I met some of, the, some of the best guys I'll ever know. Yeah. And, uh, we also, we still stay in touch. We try to meet up as much as we can. Um, it's, it, it, it was definitely one of the best decisions I made. Um, and like I said, you know, I'll have those friendships forever. So, uh, how long were you in? I was in for five years. For five years? What, tell, tell yeah. me, tell me about a close friend or a great leader that you had while you were in. Uh, for me, probably my closest friend, uh, would have to be, Nico Gill. He was, I met him, I met him probably a couple months after, after boot camp. And then we were just inseparable after that. We went through everything from that point on together. Uh, and what initially, what initially, uh, kind of jumpstarted that friendship was that we were both from the same area back home. So that's kind of what connected us, uh, from the, from the get go. And then, you know, we just, we grew up together. We both, uh, we both grew up in the Marine Corps with each other. I was 17. Uh, he was 19. So he was kind of the big brother and I was the little brother he never had, uh, cause he was a single kid. So, um, yeah, he was definitely my best friend. And then, uh, we actually, we, we went through the ranks together as well. So when I was a section leader, he was a squad leader. So I got to see him as a leader as well. And, uh, you know, like I said, he was like a big brother. So I definitely learned a lot from him, not only just as far as like a man being a man, but also, you know, the way he, the way he led Marines kind of influenced the way that I did. We kind of just fed off of each other. Yeah. What, uh, what prompted your decision to get out then? For me, when I decided to get out, uh, it was the last deployment that, my unit was going to have, uh, in a combat zone. So we were leaving Afghanistan and they had let us know that this is it. You know, we're, we're not going to be coming back here. Um, you know, welcome to peacetime Marine Corps. And I, I was, I was fine with it because I didn't really know what that entailed. Uh, but once we were back from deployment, uh, just the barrack lifestyle, garrison lifestyle had changed so much and they treated us a lot differently. 
now that they knew they didn't really need us for combat deployments. Um, and I just, I don't know, for me, it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the Marine Corps that I had joined, you know? Yeah. So I just kind of took that as a sign, uh, that it was time for me to close that chapter. <laughs> sure. Um, so, you know, the, the, the way that, um, the way that I know you is, is, uh, because of your music, um, you know, years ago when you were on the veteran empire podcast, that's what we were featuring. Um, and you reached out to me recently cause you just, you just, uh, uh, made another song that you, uh, that you wanted to, wanted me to hear. And I, I thought that it was really well done and you, you're, you're onto some new initiatives, both with music and outside of music. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Feel free to fill in some gaps between you getting out and pursuing music and stuff like that. But let's let's get a little bit into the, into your music. Uh, well, I got really really into music when I was around twelve, um, and so I just started writing back then. And then you know I ended up joining the Marine Corps, and that is really something that kind of takes up everything. Um, I still would listen to my music and write my music and stuff like that, but I never really had the time that I felt I needed to devote to it to make the, the right stuff that I, that I wanted to. So I kind of put a pause on it for the Marine Corps. And right after I got out, I moved to Reno, Nevada, and I just started making my music. I was recording all the time, uh, put out a couple projects, um, and that's actually when we got in touch. Uh, I sent you a few of my songs. They got featured on the podcast of Veteran Empire back, yeah. back in the day. Back in the, back in the day. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I ended up going to San Francisco um, for school. I got accepted into the university out there. And I was there for a year and then I decided to kind of come home down here in LA to visit family and everything. And during that trip, uh, I met a producer down here who had heard some of my stuff online and he wanted to work with me. And at the same time that I met him, I was kind of mulling over the idea of moving back down here. So it was kind of, it was kind of just a happy coincidence. And it was, I took it as a sign, like, all right, maybe I'm making the right decision or I'm at least headed the right way. So I, uh, I went ahead with the move down here. Um, I started working a lot with, with, uh, the producers that I'd met and we made a lot of good, good, good music, uh, did a couple projects together. And then, um, we ended up kind of going our separate ways, just a mutual thing. He, he kind of got in more the film realm where I was just really focused on the music. So that forced me to get into the production side of the music because before that I was just the writer and the performer, you know, I, I would, I would write my stuff and I would record it and then, you know, have somebody else edit it, mix it, master it. Um, but like I said, splitting from that producer kind of forced me to look at getting into that side of it myself. And that was when I actually created the song that I sent you most recently, the scared to dream. Um, I was put in touch with this group, uh, it's called the Sabo group. Um, and it's a veteran owned veteran run foundation that, uh, you know, they're, they're a clothing line. Um, it's like a veteran outreach program. And then they also have, uh, they have a racing team 
they uh, they were down in Baja for the Baja 500 and the Baja 1000 uh, this year, uh, racing their trophy trucks. Um, so yeah, I got put in touch with them, and and they kind of shared their mission statement with me, going over you know their their goal of reaching out to veterans and and raising uh, suicide awareness, kind of trying to cultivate an environment where we can get together and not not have to feel like we're facing those problems alone. Um, and, and if nothing else, just be around a group of guys that just get it. Because I think that's the one thing that we miss the most is, is not having to explain what we're going through because we're around the guys that went through it too, you know, so we don't have to talk about it. You get it. I get it. And that's it. You know, that's all I need. (laughs) Um, and they did a really good job of, of, of creating that environment at all the events that they put together. Um, so when they reached out to me to, to create a song kind of discussing those topics, um, in the wake of, of one of our friends, uh, one of his, one of, one of our friends passing, um, I jumped on it right away. It was something that I'd, I'd written about plenty of times before, but I just, I never really, I never really knew how to put it into a, put it into a song. And so when they reached out, I took that as a sign. You know, again, I'm just taking everything as a sign. <laughs> I took that as a sign that, you know, I need to really buckle down and try to try to try to put this into a song. And I I wrote Scared to Dream. I recorded it on my own. I mixed it, mastered it all on my own. And I sent it over to them and they loved it. And it really got a lot of veterans attention. Um because it really, it really touches on a lot of things that infantry, specifically infantry military members face, not only on deployment, but coming back as well. And, you know, separating from the military. Um, and it's definitely not Marine Corps specific. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, the guy, uh, Steven Jackal, the guy that uh, prompted the whole song, he was, he was in the army, you know, he wasn't even a Marine. Um, and I think that was probably one of the biggest takeaways that I learned personally, because as a Marine, we're, we're really prideful. Uh, and we like to distinguish ourselves from the others, um, based off of that pride, but doing this project and, and being around other, uh, other service members, it really showed me that, uh, you know, we're all going through the same thing. You know, we might think we're better than one group and they might think they're better than us, but we're all brothers. You know, we've all been through it and it's all the same. You know, it doesn't, the, the trauma doesn't care what branch you were in. <laughs> um, it's, it's coming for whoever goes through the situation. And that that's what really, presented itself to me during this whole thing um, where I had the blessing to do this, this project with them. And they actually ended up uh, liking me enough to uh, involve me in the group. Um, and so now, yeah, I get to, I get to help out. It's not only just the song that I got to help with, I get to help arrange events and, and go to these events and talk with the veterans, um, you know, get feedback, figure out what, what, what sort of things they might, enjoy doing in the future um so yeah it's been a real big blessing you know the music 
it may not be as 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 huge of a success as I originally wished it would have been, but it's definitely brought a lot of blessings to me, and I'm I'm really really glad that I never gave up on it, even during that time when you and I we kind of stopped talking, and there were even times when I stopped recording. Um, but the music was always important to me, and I'm I'm really glad that I stayed the course with it because. You know, now it's not even like I'm just reaping these benefits. I'm actually helping vets now. And this is something I never would have thought I would have been involved in. And now I'm in it and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you talked about, and, the, let's see, you, you talked about the group being, um, you know, one of the missions of the group is just to sort of be there for, uh, for veterans um, at times where it's just good to have people around. Um, I mean, right. you know, talk, I mean, if, if you will, if, if you're willing, tell us about sort of what one of those times looked like for you when you first got out, when you, when you wish maybe you, you had a little bit more community, uh, around you. Yeah. Um, well, when I got out, I had a really, really tough time, uh, transitioning back into the civilian world. And I think, mm, a big part of that might've been because I was so young when I joined, I seriously, I was 16 and on my 17th birthday, I was swearing in and a month later I was in boot camp. So, you know, in boot camp, I was more 16 than I was 17. <laughs> uh, so they really got, uh, they really got to form me into, you know, who I am or who I was when I got out. I was exactly what the Marine Corps made me. Um, and so I was really aggressive when I got out thinking it was normal. You know, I didn't think anything of it because the guys that I was, the guys that I was around, they were just as aggressive. You know, that's just how we were. Uh, I had a really bad drinking problem. Um, and I just, I was really, I was just really bitter towards everything. I just had a really, really sour outlook on everything. And when I got out, I went from being around the guys that got it to being around nobody. And then having to, you know, make new friends. Um, and when I did that, you know, I, I, I kind of mirrored the people that I was trying to hang around with. So they thought I was like them. But over time, you know, the, the real me came out and it was that aggressive, you know, drinking Marine. And I, I just really ended up isolating myself because of the way that I acted when I got out and I had no one to reach out to. And I went through a real tough time for about a year, uh, um, where I just, I didn't know what to do. And so I didn't really do anything. I just kind of went in this, you know, this this autopilot where I would work, come home, sleep. And I didn't talk to anybody, not even my family. I didn't talk to my mom, my dad. I didn't talk to anybody for about a year. Um, just because I, I went through this phase where I just didn't think anybody cared. I didn't think anybody was interested in what was going on with me. And anybody who didn't already know me, uh, I didn't think they'd have any interest in getting to know me. Um, and you know, luckily I, I pulled myself out of that with the help of, uh, some of my friends, including Nico, uh, my buddy that I was talking about earlier, he actually moved out to San Francisco where I was at, um, 
And that was actually a really big help. Uh, just being around somebody like that, who, who, like I said, had been through what I'd been through. Um, and when I got through it, I kind of, I guess I kind of just hoarded that. I kind of kept that to myself, that, that feeling of, you know, getting through something and, you know, someone being there for me. And I didn't really do that for anyone else. And when I ran into this group, I, you know, by coincidence or destiny, <laughs> uh, and they presented an opportunity that I just, I, I couldn't say no to it. I, I, I had to help. Um, and it's awesome. I really wish, I really wish that, uh, everybody would have that friend that I had, or, you know, the chance to be with a group of, of guys like I am with where they just reach out. You know, there's times where the founder of this foundation, he'll call me because he's having, you know, a situation, you know, he'll call me nine o'clock at night saying, Hey man, like, you know, just wanted to talk, just having a rough night, not good. And it's not even like, you know, he wants me to fly out to Florida or wherever he is to go be there for him. He just wants to talk on the phone with somebody that gets it. And it goes both ways. You know, it really does make that difference being able to call somebody who gets it and you don't have to do anything special. Just talk with me, man. You know, how, how are you having a rough time? You know, what's going on? Talk to me about it. You're going to be okay. You get through it. You know, if you need anything, let me know. And, and five minutes of that can make all the difference. You know, as soon as you're getting ready to get off the phone, you're just like, thank you, man. I don't know why I was freaking out, but thank you. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's been huge. Um, and yeah, so like I said, I mean, that first year after I got out, it was really, really hard for me. And uh, isolating myself wasn't the answer. If anything, it was it was reinforcing those relationships with those guys who had been through what I'd been through. Sure. How, how old is your son now? Uh, he's a little over a year old. <laughs> so, so a little over a year old. How, how has... Yeah, he's um, just curious, like how how has fatherhood changed your perspective on mental and emotional health? Maybe not changed, but just influ- um made you think differently about it. Yeah, it's, it's something else. Uh, <laughs> it's something else, man. Do you have any kids? I, I don't. I don't think we've ever talked about. That. I, I I don't. Not not yet. No, there you go. Yeah, it's it's something else. As soon as I saw him, uh. I just, I knew that a lot of things had changed and I wasn't, I wasn't anywhere near where I was when I got out of the Marine Corps a few years ago, but I still knew, you know, as far as my outlook, it wasn't just me anymore. My dad did a great job with us, me and my brother, he did a great job with us, but my dad hadn't gone through a lot of the things that I've been through. So I kind of went into it with like the cheat sheet where <laughs> I know some of the things that my son's going to go through. I know when he's feeling like the world is just crashing down around him, it can always be worse and it can always be better. Never settle. Um, and don't give up, you know, and, and, and even if you think it's all coming down, you can count on me and I'll be there for you. And it was really weird because when he first, uh, came into my life when he was born, I felt a connection, but like, it's nothing like now, you know, I just, over time, just as I see him grow and grow and grow and, you know, develop into who he's going to be for the rest of his life. I just really see that, you know, there's, 
there's a lot of work that goes into being a dad that I never really understood, you know, and that it just makes me more appreciative of my father uh, because it is a lot of work. I mean, he's going to be at least in large part who I influence him to be. Uh, he's going to have his own character and his own, you know, little flair, but a lot of what he carries out into the world is going to be what I give him. Um, and it's a really sobering thought, you know, literally sobering. It's <laughs> one of those things where, you know, the drinking has slowed down quite a bit. <laughs> um, it, it's just, uh, it just makes you realize that, you know, you're given something. What do you, what, what am I leaving for, for the world when I go? And it's him and people aren't going to, they're not going to care about me when I'm gone. They're going to want to know this guy, Noah, you know, and, and how he acts. And it just, it kind of, it showed me that the responsibility that I carry is not even so much for myself or for him, but it's for the environment around him because who I help him to become is going to affect the people around him and his overall happiness. You know, if I, raise him to be miserable and grumpy. He's not going to be a happy person. You know, people aren't going to run to be around that. You know, if he's an immoral person, people don't want to be around my head and, and, you know, see, uh, so hot man, I can't even, I, I, I couldn't even go over all of it, but it's a thousand thoughts just rushing at you a million miles a second. And uh, he's like, I can't mess this up. I can't mess this up. <laughs> oh, but it's great. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I know you didn't really, I'm sure you didn't really expect to come on here to talk about fatherhood, but um, it, I think it's something that uh, that doesn't get discussed enough that, it, that so many people, or parenthood in general, you know, that people can, can resonate yeah. with. Um, I think, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think I remember... Um, around the the time that your son was born, you posted a a Facebook post that was a like a pseudo letter to him. Is that right? Yeah. Am I am I, rem- am I remembering that yeah. light, right? Yeah, you are. Yeah, <laughs> I and did. That's you know, funny you I, remember that. <laughs> yeah, it it is funny that I remember that because I don't remember much. But uh, um, <laughs> the thing that stood out to yeah. me was the. Uh, you had a paragraph in there about alcohol, um, and uh-huh. I, you know, I, I think that any any parent with a vice, I think, or is, that is gone, that has experienced a vice to a dangerous level, I think, fears uh-huh. that any member of their family might also follow suit. Um, is you know what, you know what. Um, you said that you know your drinking has cut back a lot. Um, you know how much of that is ensuring that you're sober, and how much is that is exposing, making you know, letting him see the habit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't ever want him to to go through what I went through, and a big part of that was because of you know the alcohol that I was drinking and the amount that I was drinking and I just, I went down this rabbit hole where it was really hard for me to get out of. And I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. It's one of those things where, and I really mean that I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah. Um, 
so when he was born, you know, there were just a bunch of things that were coming to me. And I wrote that letter the night before he was born. <laughs> uh, we were in the hospital and uh, my, my fiance, she was uh, having contractions and, you know, they, were, they gave her the epidural and everything. Like, he was coming. <laughs> and I didn't have any idea when it was going to be or you know, if he was going to be okay, because there were, there were small complications that had the nurses and the doctor a little worried where they were kind of giving us a little bit of extra attention. Um, and I just didn't know what to do. So I started writing, I figured I'd write him a letter. Um, and when it came to the alcohol, it was just one of those things that I, cause the whole, the whole idea of the letter was things that I thought he should know. Um, and one of them was the alcohol. And, you know, my dad kind of was, was good at telling us, you know, don't, you know, make sure you don't do this, don't do that. But I think, I think with, like, my parents' generation, it was more just don't do it because I said don't do it. And, you know, don't ask, just don't do it because I said don't do it. Right. And for me, that wasn't enough. You know, don't tell me not to do it. Tell me why. Like, what's up? what's going on um and so i just made sure that in that letter which i'm eventually going to have him you know read when he's a little bit older i let him know you know it, it can tear you apart it can mess up a lot of things for you and some people in my family have drinking problems so i don't know if it's you know a hereditary thing but that terrifies me and at the very least he knows you know, I cared enough to tell you my part of it, you know, my, my, you know, my downfall to that, to that vice. And, you know, if if it's something that you want to experience, I'll be here for you, but you don't have to experience it. You know, I did it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was kind of my big, my biggest uh, emotion during that part of that letter. Um, Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, Sorry, what was that? I was gonna say, I I, I appreciate you uh, expanding on that because we definitely didn't come into this th- <laughs> planning on talking about about fatherhood. But I, I remembered that letter and I, I wanted to I wanted to address it. Oh yeah, no, that's cool that you remembered it. I <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. But yeah, um, I love talking about him. He's he's the best. I talk about him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Going back to the events and like the the meetups and stuff that um, you and your group put on um, for for veterans, what what do you think are some of the gains? Like what are, what are they? What do you feel like the veterans that are attending these are really gaining from from the attendance and, and from the interactions they're getting? Well, um, for me, when I because when they. We're, we, when, we were, when we were put into contact with each other about my music, I hadn't even been to any of these events. None of that. I didn't even really know anything about them. I just, it was a subject that meant a lot to me, meant a lot to them. And everybody involved had, had been through the experience. So it was something that we could all relate to. Um, but when I was actually invited to an event, I went. And at that point, I hadn't been around any military members for a couple of years. I mean, I'd hung, I'd hung around with a couple of my buddies, but not, not an event, you know, like it kind of a rigid military format 
as far as like a schedule and, you know, we got to be here at this time, nothing like that since I've been in. Um, and so being around these guys, I mean, it was, it was just nuts. It was, it was a, it was more than a vacation. It was, I just felt like rejuvenated. I felt like I recharged my batteries and I was just good to go some more. Uh, being around the guys that got it, you know, being able to joke with them and talk with them and you know, make little, little inside jokes that only somebody in the military would get, you know, that you don't get to say to people, you know, at my job where I'm welding, you know? <laughs> um, and it's, just, it, it's, it's a relief being around, being around those guys who've been through all the things that you've been through and you don't feel like you have to act any sort of way. It's just, you know, be who you are, you know, be who you were when you were in, you know, be, be the you that, was a big, big, big part of your life, you know, and for some people, I've got a couple of buddies that'll even say, it. you know, it, being in the Marine Corps was the most important thing they think they'll ever do in their life. And if that's really how someone feels, which a lot of guys feel that way, then you really, you really, really look at that, that person that you were during that part of your life as who you really are, or at least who you wish you could always be. Um, and these events give you the give you the opportunity to, to to be back in that mentality, be back in that environment where it's okay for you to still be a marine or a soldier or a sailor. You know, you don't have to be, you know, Jeff welding metal or you know, so and so working at a school. You can go back to it, you know, and be around these guys that are there too. Um, and and you get to meet these guys, and and, and you have a solid connection with these people who, you know, all right, man, I'll see you at the next event. And then you find one of the guys from the event that lives in California and he lives 30 minutes from you and he'll randomly call you and say, Hey man, let's go grab a beer or Hey man, let's go grab some tacos. And, you know, and you just have this friend of yours that you didn't have before. And it's that one person who knows, you know, who just gets it. And to me, that's, that's, it's like a gem, you know, it's just been so invaluable and precious to have that one friend who just gets it, you know, and that's all you really need is just one person. Um, and in the group, you get 20, 30 <laughs> and it's, it's, it's new veterans. Every, every event we, uh, we do our best to invite new vets to each event, um, as often as we can. So what we'll do is depending on where the event is, sometimes it'll be in Vegas. Sometimes it'll be up North. Uh, we had a, or we have a fishing event coming up with some professional bass fishermen up at Folsom Lake, um, within like the next month or two. And so we're going to reach out in that area too, because that's another thing, you know, we don't want to call, you know, Marines and soldiers and sailors down in San Diego and say, Hey, find your way to Vegas and come to this event. No, man, we want to, if we're going to be in Vegas, we're going to call you, or reach out to, you know, vets in Henderson and say, Hey man, 30 minutes away, come to this event. It's free food, hang out, get a hotel for you. You know, we'll, we'll hook you up. Like we'll, we'll, let's just meet up, you know, <laughs> let's let us be a blessing to you basically. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's, like I said, it's the biggest takeaway is definitely being able to connect with guys that were involved in the same thing you were when you know 
Yeah. You may consider you're in your prime, you know, the good old days. <laughs> sure. Go um going back to your music, uh I mean, what do you what do you, what are your plans with that anymore? Are really are you uh are you in iTunes? Where can I listen to your stuff, man? Yeah, I've got some I've got some music on iTunes. Um a lot of it I'm I'm I've got I've got a project I'm working on right now. It's called uh Self-Medicated. And Scared to Dream is actually a part of that. It's one of the it's one of the things from that project. And the whole premise of it is just things that I've used to uh help me get through tough times whether it's music um there's you know songs about alcohol songs about you know drug use uh and none of it's promoting it it's just kind of uh you know what i've been through uh but that's going to be on itunes um probably i want to say within the next month or two I'll, I'll have a better idea on that release date by next week because i've got a couple songs that i have to clear um so i'm just waiting on those uh, and it's completely produced by me. Uh, like I said, I mixed it, mastered it, did everything my own. So that's probably part of the reason it's taken so long. But other than that, I mean, the rest of my stuff, it's all free. It's, you can find it on SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com slash PDAs. Uh, and then, and then a lot of stuff that it's, that's original. Um, that's really good. It's just, I didn't, I wasn't at the point in my music where I wanted to try to monetize it with this album that I'm working on right now that I'm getting ready to release, it's definitely going to be on iTunes, Spotify sound or a uh, title. Uh, and you'll be able to Shazam it. Okay. Very well. PDA Marine Corps veteran, hip hop artist and uh veteran advocate. I'll say, uh, sir, it's been a, a real pleasure catching up with you again. And I hope we get to speak again, a uh, little, little further down our line when you, uh, when you've gotten some more music out. Absolutely, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I served in Vietnam. I served in World War II. I served in Afghanistan. And VA serves us all. No matter when you served. No matter if you saw combat or not. There are benefits for veterans of every generation. See what VA can do for you. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. That's www.va.gov. Again, big thanks to my friend PDAs for for joining me. Uh, it was, I think, that conversation about fatherhood was really interesting. That was that was a, a topic that I wouldn't even even intending on going over or talking about when we entered the interview. But uh, I was reminded of that Facebook post that he made uh, when when his uh, when his son was born and. Um, and that's really turned out to uh, it turned into being a, a good conversation. So, uh, big thanks to him for not only joining me, but uh, but uh, you know answering questions that he may not have been prepared for. Uh, like I said, Explore did a uh, video that did a Facebook live event on life insurance. It is on the Blue Star Families Facebook page. Go to their Facebook page. Look for the video from August 16. Uh, a lot of great information there regarding life insurance. And of course, you can go to explore.va.gov and find get information on other benefits like disability compensation, education and training, home loans, health care, employment services, pension, memorial benefits, life insurance, and more. That's explore.va.gov. 
This week's Medal of Honor citation reading is for William Spicer. Service is U.S. Navy, rank of gunner's mate first class, division, he was on the USS Marblehead, conflict is the is Spanish-American War, year of honor, 1898. Citation reads, On the USS Marblehead, at the approaches to Caminera, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, 26 and 27 July, 1898, displaying heroism, Spicer took part in the perilous work of sweeping for and disabling 27 contact mines during this period. We honor his service. That wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Thank you for uh, your patience as we uh, took a couple of weeks off and are now back to uh, producing weekly content. We'll be right back at it next week with another great interview. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at DEPT Vet Affairs for more stories and images from our community. And as I mentioned in my interview with PDAs, we'll be playing his song, Scared the Dream, at the end of the podcast. So you can uh, hear the, the, the track that he was talking about uh, and, and get a reference for uh, his explanation from the interview. I'm Timothy Lawson, signing off. Yeah. Drunk again, I'm writing this with a heavy hand Another night, my mind ain't right and I need a plan So tired of hearing all the questions about Afghanistan And if you really wanna know, go fight in foreign lands You ask about killing like it's important That's like asking a stranger if she's had an abortion What the f*** is wrong, man? Just send me back At least over there I know somebody got my back If you get back home, nobody's gonna take the time to understand It's fine, just pop these pills until you die and once you gone, we got some space Give your mama a flag and an easy payday You should be proud of your son He was the best one I knew They spewing lies to his mama in front of me and the crew Cause you ain't ever shook the hand of any one of us low lowlifes You cool with dying just so long as it ain't your life Maybe if you been where we been and you sin like we sin You be reaching for the gin again too And maybe if you seen what we seen You would know what we mean when we say that we're scared to dream Maybe if you been where we been and you sin like we sin, you'd be reaching for the gin again too. And maybe if you seen what we seen, you would know what we mean when we say that we're scared to dream. Suicide is on my mind, no sleep at night, it's fight or flight, it ends tonight. I couldn't even begin to tell you about all the friends that I lost. No, I'm not talking about the war, I'm talking about what it cost. Making it through the battle to commit suicide in your bed. Man, he made it. What the f was he thinking? Most of us already dead. I left a little piece of my spirit back in the sand. So it only makes sense. I came back a worse man. And I know myself well enough to acknowledge my demons. I can beat them. But only next to something I believe in. Now I'm screaming. And everybody that I love is leaving. This American hero dream is so deceiving. Everybody that I love is leaving. This American hero dream is so deceiving. And you wonder why we scared to dream Yeah, you wonder why we scared to dream Maybe if you been where we been And you sin like we sin You be reaching for the gin again too And maybe if you seen what we seen You would know what we mean When we say that we're scared to dream Maybe if you been where we been And you sin like we sin You be reaching for the gin again too And maybe if you seen what we seen You would know what we mean When we say that we're scared to dream Scared to dream, yeah. Owen, Wynn, Kolosnik, Jablonowski, Schaefer, Jackal, Friedman. We won't forget.
We can't forget. Rest easy.